You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter, and it is an exciting night, everybody. I'm so excited. We're broadcasting this live. It is election night, and I have a very uh, special guest who was referred to me by someone that we've had on the show a couple of times, Ethan Scott. Um, he's come on, and he'll probably be on again as soon as he um, gets back. He's doing some political campaigning. Yes, in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> but today I have, um, I guess it's fair to call you, what, a political activist? Yes, all right, we have political activist Ken Tijin. Hi, Ken. Hi, how's How it are going? You? Good. Here, let me show you Facebook Live that you're here in studio with me. Say hi. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we are covering the election live. We're going to be talking about why, you know, if Hillary Clinton wins, it might not be as scary. And we have a couple of Trump supporters that are going to be calling in to share their thoughts. That sounds great. I'm very exciting. <laughs> are you ready? I'm ready for All it. All right, let's, let's make it, it happen. Let's make it happen. Okay, so first we do a segment called Hashtag Trending, and that's where we take a hashtag that's hot on Twitter right now, um, and we talk about it. All right, sounds So good. the first one is Hashtag Election Final Thoughts. What are your final thoughts on the election? Well, I well, actually, before we get into okay. that, why don't you talk to people a little bit about, um, you know, some of your credentials, why you support uh, Hillary Clinton and kind of how you got here now? OK, well, I've been a supporter of Hillary for, I don't know, maybe about 12 years now. I really wow. wanted her to be a presidential candidate. And okay. I came to this conclusion actually while I was serving in the military. OK. And the first thing that kind of triggered my political outrage was listening to Donald Rumsfeld tell troops while I was in training that you don't go to war with what you need, you mm -hmm. go to war with what you have. Okay. And and that's, it was very disconcerting to me because people were coming back injured, they didn't have Kevlar, they didn't have the proper armor on the Humvees, mm -hmm. and, and going into the Iraq war, which, in my opinion, was always wrong from the start. Yeah. So that's really what got me interested. Okay. And then I started researching people that would be qualified and also the people that the Republicans didn't like. And their number one enemy has always been Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. And I really got into more research about her and, and, you know, kind of just watched her trajectory through the Senate. And the more I got to know her, the more I liked her. Okay. And you, so you're not... Not voting for Donald Trump. You did not vote for Donald Trump this election. Not this time. Not this time. Maybe next time? Maybe next time. Okay. <laughs> and Rena, you're a big Hillary supporter. You're probably one of the most eloquent, well-educated Hillary supporters wow. that I've come across. Like, every time we've covered the election, like, I love hearing Rena talk to the guests about it afterwards. Because, like, I'm... I don't think I'm all of that educated <laughs> in, the, in the politics, which is why I like to have the shows and bring people on to have this discussion so that a lot of the listeners out there that aren't following the election as closely, like they have no excuse to not vote. Serena, I want to hear a little bit about why you are voting Hillary this time around. You know, I've been a Hillary supporter for for a long time, uh, although I did not support her in 2008. I was oh, going to, and okay. then when Barack Obama threw his hat into the ring, I, I went all in for him. All Obama. But, um, you know, Bill Clinton was, was my first uh, election. I voted for him. That was my first time voting. And I was a big fan of the Clinton years. And I, 
I really had a lot of respect for Hillary just watching her be a first lady. And then mm. I started learning about her and her history going back to, you know, when she was a young woman and really finding her political voice. And um, so, you know, I, I when, when we uh, began this run and we knew that she was going to be um, a candidate, I, I thought for sure I was going to support her again. Right. And then Bernie popped up and I thought, well, Bernie was you know, my representative when I lived in Vermont, and I really love Bernie, but, you know, Bernie is just, doesn't go far enough, in my opinion. And I, and I, you know, I have done some work uh, at the legislative level, I've done a lot of grassroots stuff. And uh-huh. the thing that I know, and the thing I've always respected about Hillary, is that nothing gets done in government without compromise. And so with Bernie, my concern was he was going to be too hardline, too far to the left, and we were going to get nowhere. And I really have always respected Hillary's approach in the sense that she is such a deep thinker and such an mm-hmm. intelligent woman. And some of that, I think, is intrinsic in her just intelligence. But I mm-hmm. also think that is training. I think you learn that when you're an attorney and you have to compile facts and you have to break things down and simulate out different situations and how they will affect people, I think that her sort of, um, you know, that that level of, of constructive thinking has made her a fantastic um, civic, you know, uh, person, right. public servant, if you will. And, and so I just threw all my support behind her. And I, I just, I absolutely, I think that she's brilliant. I think that when she sits down to try to figure something out, you know, if we can get the proper support for her, um, you know, down ballot. I mean, oh my gosh! I think that we would have an ama- We could have a, a truly revolutionary. And now that, especially now that the two, you know, Bernie and Hillary have come together, and we've got this platform, I'm really excited about what we may be able to achieve, depending upon how the down ballot races play out, and if she wins. You know, I'm really excited. This this is the first election I've really actively participated in, which is. I'm That's a awesome. little embarrassed to admit, but also really excited because I'm really into it this time around. And I've been watching the polls and I've been anxiously like eating lots of popcorn oh and drinking lots of coffee. So I'm a little <laughs> wired at the moment. Um, can everybody on Facebook Live, can you hear me? Can somebody comment? They're saying they're having audio issues. Huh? Well, if not, it you could can, be a Facebook thing. It's probably a Facebook thing. Um, you can listen to the show. Hashtag no filter iTunes Stitcher if you don't have an iPhone. Okay, Ken, let's talk about it. All right. My final election thoughts? Final election thoughts. (laughs) Okay, well, you know, last time when it was 2008, I thought this was the pivotal moment in American politics where we really had to choose a path. Uh And we were facing a depression. Right. And I really felt that Hillary was the right person for the job. And I was wrong. So I... This time, though, it has to be Hillary because what the other candidate has introduced into American politics is he's normalized this extremism. And Mm -hmm. if America chooses to go down that path, there will be no turning back from it. And it will, in my opinion, destroy the institutions of this democracy. I think it's scary. That, like, people are really taking him seriously and really wanting to, thinking that this man can really lead our country to something great. And his idea of 
being great again is going backwards, which means taking a right. rights away from people. When was America great to be like? When when was this idea of America being great? Like that's what I'm trying to understand. Like, was it when there was slavery? Was it when, you know, women didn't have rights? Like, when, what what era are we trying to go back to? Well, I, I think, in my opinion, that what he is targeting mm-hmm. is 1950s America, because you have the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. That generation remembers America as being at the top of the food chain. They right. had, you know, they had the infrastructure going on. They had science they had schools they had money they had everything going for them right and then you had all these upheavals coming in and coming in over and over and over again right so that's what i think they're trying to do and they feel threatened uh-huh. when we start including more people into our country but i just i mean i'm trying to understand that concept but at the same time like there's just so much bigotry and people are just so cruel to each other this election like that's what i'm trying to understand like there is just so much hate speech and just people being so awful to one another and it's like why can't we have a disagreement why can't we have two different viewpoints and just get along Uh, Again, I think that takes it back to 1950s America where you had minorities that did not have the same access. You had, you know, um, black women could not vote in the 50s. Yeah. So So let's take America. Let's make America great again by taking us back to the oppression days. Exactly. Oppress people, make women stay at home. If you're of color, yeah, if you're a woman, stay at home. If you're of color, we don't want to hear anything that you have to say. Yeah, let's make America great again. That, that just sounds doesn't awesome. sound great. No, it doesn't sound great. It sounds awful, and it sounds racist, and it sounds stupid. Yes, I agree. And and I think the other thing that the country is facing and the path that it's been going on for such a long time mm-hmm. is this war on science. Okay. And when you have a war on science, that means that you are not able to communicate and persuade people with logic because right. they're saying no, this is how it's going to be. <laughs> the Bible says this, and it, you know the United, the world has only been around for six thousand right, years, right, right. and we're the greatest country on earth, and right. nobody else matters. Right. And I think that that mindset is really trying. The ugly side is really starting to come through. Okay. So, let's say Hillary wins this election. Why is that reality not so scary for all these people that think she's corrupt and she's this and she's that? Why is it not as terrible as people are making it out to be well the main reason is this is someone that is very logical and is not an extremist and i think that that one provides security within the country and Mm -hmm. the stock markets also mirror that right when hillary's doing well like this this last week when the letter from james comey came out the stock markets took a dive because They do not want Donald Trump. That's not going to make the economy great again. No, it's not going to make anything great. So that's that's why I think it's less scary. Like, it's just it's looking at the enough, economy. So many other countries look at America and Americans as dumb, and like we're just this big joke. And yet now I, I'm trying to wrap my head around it, and I just can't. Right. And the the thing that's also very frustrating and alarming to me is that we see the FBI taking a stand in the political arena. Mm-hmm. And that should scare everyone. Right. It doesn't matter if you're a conservative, a liberal. Wait, when do, when do polls, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when do polls, Rena, do you know when polls close on the West Coast? 
Um, I think eight, but I'm not. I think eight, but I'm not positive. Okay. Okay. So if you're in California, go vote right now. If you're in California, get your ass to a poll right now and vote because if you get in line, they can't deny you, right? Right. If you're in line before the polls close, you can still vote. So get your ass to a poll and vote. Right? Yes. If you don't vote, you don't get to bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're not voting, then I don't want to hear your Twitter rants tomorrow. I don't want to hear you being pissed that Trump won or Hillary won. If you didn't vote, you have no right to bitch. Rena, do you want to? You know, go vote. Go vote. It's just, you know, the fact that it's even this close is disheartening to me. The, the, the problem with our country is that people don't vote. We don't have excellent voter turnout exactly we need excellent people are voter so turnout. active to go on facebook and to go on twitter and yeah. to just rant and talk all this crap and yet nobody wants to actually go out there and do something it's easier to sit around like i can bitch because i voted everybody that's right <laughs> well and what people don't don't understand is is for, and maybe they do understand it but i think what they're what they're choosing you know not to really accept is that this democracy was founded on civic engagement. That's the right. way it has to work. Right. So every single citizen needs to be aware. They then never mind the fact that they need to vote in every single election. Yeah. Start thinking about the midterms now. And don't just vote for the president. Like there are all that's of these the propositions. Oh, there's the so many other elections. People like, think, yeah. No. They they're like, well, who am I gonna oh, I don't want to vote because I don't like either like, candidate. Yeah, but what if, about all the propositions? Are you kidding? Those exactly. things impact you like, immediately. Even if you don't like Trump, you don't like Hillary, you can still vote on the issues that matter to you. That's and, right. And and that is more powerful in and of itself. Well, you know the the biggest change you can make is not going to be at the top. Right. You have to start at the bottom. Exactly. I don't understand the concept of where everyone thinks that I'm just going to vote for the you know, outside candidate and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's going to change. Right. Well, it's not. Because exactly. there is a balance right. of power. And that's, that's the right. way the United States has been set up. So even if we had had Bernie and even if Bernie had won the presidency and had beaten Trump, although I don't think that he could have. Right. But... If he did, he would not be able to get anything done. Congress would not let him do that. When you have Nancy Pelosi coming out and saying that, no, we would not accept these policy proposals from Bernie's ticket, that's a problem because she's a liberal. Right. And she understands that you can't do that in this country. You can't just all of a sudden take a hard left turn and that there will be no consequences that's right. for that. It was specifically designed for that to not be feasible because it because compromise is the way this works. You know, you know, and the other thing that people need to think about is in these elections, you're also voting for judges. Right. You're voting for, you know, propositions that are going to determine how your utility companies are run. They're going to determine how much money is put into repairing our roads. They're going to determine what happens with the homeless population. Right. We all pay taxes living here in California. These propositions determine tax income revenue that's going to be brought in through measures like 64, which is the legalization of marijuana. Is that going to happen? Uh, And they determine, you know, through like um, proposition or measure H, I think it is the measure HHH for for, for what we do with the homeless population, taking a small percentage of our of our tax and putting that toward finding a way to care for and and deal with the, the homeless population, you know, finding a way to make it right for them. Right. You know, these are these are civic issues that, that we living here in California need to address. Right. And, you know, when you think about 
our judicial system. That's the other thing. There are 88 judicial seats that need to be filled, right? If Trump wins, never mind the fact that he's going to get to nominate and or appoint, rather, a Supreme Court justice, one, and then probably two more. But there are 88 judicial seats that need to have appointees given to them. So think about, I mean, you want to bitch about mass incarceration? Guess what? You got to be aware of who these judges are that are handing down sentences in our in our justice system, you know, at the, at the state level, and so on and so forth. So and and protecting the environment and protecting the environment. I mean, it's there are so many. That's why people are saying this is such a consequential election for someone to say I'm not going to vote just makes my head explode, you know. So it's, I don't know. So. I want to ask you the same question, Rena. As simplest um, as you can put. Oh, we have a caller. Yeah. Okay. So let's. Do you want to bring that caller in? Yeah, absolutely. So we have Ethan calling in. Hi, Ethan. Hey, how's it going? How are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> so I understand you have some concerns with um, with Hillary Clinton being elected president, and you're actually pro-Trump in this case, so I kind of want to hear your argument, and and I'd like to have an open, respectful conversation about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I just want to say first, thank you so much for bringing me on. I was, I've been really looking forward to this all day. <laughs> um, awesome. Just to start, I mean from what I've learned from my grandparents and my parents and talking with my friends and, you know, just spreading the word around and talking about it is I think just for my personal preference, it's time for a Republican office. I think it's time that Democrats have, you know, done a fine job in office. Obviously we're not in a worse position uh, for eight years ago. Um, But I just think more for, my personal preference, honestly, is just I want to see less taxes taken out of my paychecks, and I want to see okay. more money in my pocket. And I just see that through, you know, growing up middle class, I was never really wealthy, but I was never really poor. So being smack in the middle, I've seen my parents in that zone where they make enough to get a lot of their taxes, but at the same time, that money still would have been really useful okay, in our so, pockets. Okay, so more more money in your pockets, less taxes... Ken, do you have a... Well, my first question is, did you vote? Yes, I did. I okay. voted this morning, yeah. And vote? and who did you support in the primaries? For the primaries? Um, you know, just kind of from based on my research and for the sake of who I thought... Um, well, who did you vote for in the primary? I voted. I voted for Donald Trump. Okay. okay. Great. And where do you live? I, I'm uh, born and raised in California, but currently I'm attending Arizona State. So I'm in Tempe, Arizona. Okay. So you're currently a student. Is that correct? Yes. Great. And I'm assuming that you took out student loans as well. Is that also correct? Yeah. I, oh. uh, I had to take a little bit out, but, uh, Great. but yeah. So, and yeah. are you working full time as well? Um, I'm working about 30 hours a week. I work between 25 and 30. Awesome. So what will happen with a Hillary Clinton presidency is that you will not see your taxes be increased because I'm just taking a guess here, but you do not make over $250,000 a year on 30 (laughs) hours a week. Great. So then the other thing is, 
you've taken out some money on some student loans and Donald Trump's platform doesn't have anything pertaining to that. In fact, he doesn't have any details on taxes, on student loan debt forgiveness, on a, a way that you can be forgiven for student loan debts, such as, you know, becoming a teacher for two years and working in an inner city school. So it, it doesn't sound like it would benefit you financially to support Donald Trump. Now, the other thing is, we can look back at his history. And again, he, he demonstrates through his actions that he doesn't pay the little guy. He doesn't pay middle class people that own small businesses. So I don't understand the argument that you have that you're voting for him because you want less taxes when your taxes aren't going to be increased anyways. And it actually is going to hurt you to vote for no, that absolutely. man. No, yeah, and I totally, you know, I totally understand that side of the argument and I uh, totally get where you're coming from too, but and then when you're talking about how he would not pay the little man, you know, going back, you know, it's all his business and that's his business tactics, that's who he is as a businessman. And my belief is that since he'll be surrounded by the help and the support he needs especially with Pence that he's not going to go off and make the wrong decisions. He's going to be, a lot of his decisions that he wants to make will have to be approved by Congress, and they'll have to be talked about, and they'll have to be presented. And so I think that, yes, going back to his past, there has been a lot of uh, his, a lot of, excuse me, <laughs> his, a lot of his business partners or people who he had to do business for him, you know, talk about their cut short or they talked about, how he was a scum or whatever it may be. But like I said, just personally, I think that was just the business side and him growing with his money. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I understand that part. But how about the social aspects of that, where he's talking about how he wants to appoint pro-lifers to the Supreme Court? Do you have a girlfriend? Uh, no, currently I do not. No. Okay. So do you believe that women should have their own say and how their bodies operate or you don't agree with that either no um i absolutely am pro-choice uh i do i it's especially because i you know being 21 years old and going out having fun with my friends and everything i of course believe in safe sex and safe practice and if that situation for me for me was ever to come about then i would want to have the option that uh have the option to Okay. Decide if I want to have the child or not. Okay. I understand. That's great, Ethan. But unfortunately, what you're saying is that you're saying that, well, Donald Trump is going to cut my taxes, which is fine. I, I don't agree with that. But you're also saying that he's going to surround himself with people that are going to keep him in line, basically, such as Mike Pence. And Mike Pence is a very strong pro-lifer and... While he was governor of Indiana, he was trying to introduce legislation where you had to have a funeral for an abortion and even a miscarriage. So these are things that are very concerning for women. And it would also be concerning for you if you're out having fun and then you have a mistake and you don't, you're not ready to get married. And, and I'm not even getting into the other social situations here with like gay no, marriage and and everything else so it it sounds to me like 
maybe you didn't make a well-informed choice. But that's well, my opinion. I, I still no, absolutely, and you're you know totally. It's okay to have your opinion, but I think based on the big picture, it's kind of with both candidates. You kind of have to. You can't have the perfect candidate. You can't have right. the perfect representative so, for each party. So, so I mean, and Ethan, I big, want in the big. Oh, sorry, but in the big picture, I just think I going down the list of, okay, I like what Trump says here, right. but I don't like what he says here. Oh, I like Hillary Clinton is pro-choice, but there's a lot of other factors in there that concern me. So okay. I took, you know, I kind of sucked it up and it was just like, you know what, I know this will happen, but, you know, sometimes we, we don't know what's going to happen right. and we don't know what's going to happen a year, two, three, four years from now with it. So I think for the time being, I know what he's saying is what he's saying and I know it's going to cause a lot of social issues, but for the most part, it's my for my choice to vote for Donald was not based off of one decision, right? It's not based and, off of one thing he said. It's but, just the overall idea. But Ethan, the other thing is that you don't face any of the consequences that other minority groups are going to be faced with, that women are going to be faced with, and what college students, yeah. including yourself, are going to be faced yeah. with, because there's no assistance for you to get out of student debt. So the, the one thing that you said that you liked that Trump said he was going to do was cut taxes, yet over 300 economists said that he would actually hurt the economy so that, and, and increase the national debt and not decrease it. Anytime you cut taxes, you, you increase the national debt. That's the way that works. No, yeah, and I mean, just for the sake of where we're at economically right now, I right. mean, when you're talking about student loans, we're talking there's thousands among thousands of students who gather up hundreds of thousands of dollars right. in student loan fees that they're never going to be able to pay off in their lifetime. They're literally stuck paying it for the rest of their life. And I think for even when uh, free education for college came up, I kind of thought, oh, that's a little too far. So that was a little bit on the, it would be nice category. But I think when we're talking about student loans, unless if you go to attend a school that you're a resident in, or, you know, if like for myself, I chose Arizona because the unit requirement in California is 60 units and I got out of community college with 57. So I had, I wanted to take my education to the next level. And the only option for me realistically was to get out of state and for most kids, too, with uh, even, like, think about kids that go to USC and they have $50,000 a semester, practically. It's, they build that up so fast, and they'll, they'll never be able to pay it. It's, it's, it's over, and most people live on with it, even, like, <laughs> you know, it's... Well, it's, well it's, Ethan, that's, that's a great point, but unfortunately, the way that you voted was not in a way that would help you with that or help your fellow students. And no, and for me too, for me personally, I scaled and schemed my financial aid and I'm proud that I attended community college and uh, cut two years of university prices off. So I've put myself in a position to actually pay off my student loans in about 10, 12 years. Okay, so Ethan, I want to get your closing argument here because we do have another call that we want to get to, but I really want to hear, I really want you to get your main point across. So what would your closing argument be just to kind of wrap up? My closing argument is I know what Trump has said, and I know as a Trump supporter, I, you know, 
I don't want people to think of me as I approve of his racist remarks. I approve of his uh, demeanor against minorities. But I think for Hillary Clinton, it's just she's not trustworthy in my eyes. And that's okay. realistically why, uh, especially in Benghazi, when innocent people are being killed under her control. Can I, it, can I say I, some? Okay, never mind. I, I just okay. <laughs> Go, no, go ahead, but, Ethan, finish. No, yeah, but no, I think that was, you know, that's just kind of where it is. It was uh, my choice to put okay. someone in that even though as something new, something fresh, something that I think we as a country need. So okay. that's why I... And I, I, think that, I think that's a fair argument, and thank you for calling in and, and sharing your side. Thank you so much for having me again. Of course. I really appreciate it. And if anybody wants to follow you on uh, Twitter, what's your Twitter or any social media handle you want to throw out? Yeah, any social media. It's, uh, it's uh, E underscore T-E-A-Z-Y-Y. Okay. Well, my one thing, Ethan, before you go real quick, as I, I hope that you will give Hillary a chance. So have a good night. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks, Ethan. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. You know, yeah. I appreciate his position, so, uh, but I... I want to... Okay, yeah. Rena, I want to hear your response to his... Hillary's corrupt Benghazi argument. He's he's misinformed. And unfortunately, okay. what we're finding is that... Because that's a big argument, is that she's a murderer and right. she has all this blood and on her And what we're hands. finding is that a, a lot of Trump's voters and supporters uh-huh. are, are... You know, they've been given this term of under-informed. You know... Taxpayers, $7 million of taxpayer money was spent investigating Benghazi, and Mm -hmm. it took two years. And I mean, it was a massive investigation. We bought it. Mm -hmm. We paid for it. And it was the seventh investigation on top of that. That's right. And, And if, you know, numerous hearings... Hundreds of testimonies, thousands of pages of documentation determines that it absolutely was not Hillary's fault. It was a complicated situation there. You know, Republicans cut funding to several of our embassies around the world. I mean, there were a lot of reasons and things that happened to bring us to the tragedy at Benghazi. But it absolutely was not Hillary's fault. And that that was determined by people who spend their days as professional investigators and people who sit poring over facts. So, you know, when that determination is reached, for someone like this gentleman to still stand there and say, oh, but she lies, when we have Trump, (laughs) you know, who has a well-documented history, thoroughly investigated, you know, history of lying right. and being caught lying and right. then having investigation turn up the fact that not only did he lie once, but he lied five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifty, three hundred other times. You know, that is just such a baffling statement to hear a Trump supporter say, you know, uh, about Hillary Clinton. And for the record, Ambassador Stevens' own family has come out and said, we don't blame Benghazi on yeah. Hillary. It wasn't her fault. Stop blaming her. Stop blaming. You know, it was things sad. It was a bad, horrible thing that happened. But you don't get to turn this into a political witch hunt and blame right. it on her. It's just, 
you know, they've got ins- they've got inside information as well. Everyone who has inside information has determined that it wasn't her fault. But right. but a, you know, a, a average everyday voter somehow thinks that he. So it frustrates me because you know we again that's our money that paid for those investigations. Right. So I'm inclined to believe them. Right. So that's my thought on that. It's just it's disappointing. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Do go we ahead. have another caller? We do. We just okay. came, we just came through. Okay. Perfect. So you're on the line. Hi. Hi, I'm Carlos. Uh, hey, what's up, Jack? Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, who am I speaking with? So, yeah, I'm here. I have Ken with me, and I also have Rena with me, hi. both in studio. Hello. Hi, Ken. Hi, Rena. Um, I was listening to conversation, and I just dropped in. Um, so, uh, just to kind yeah. of preface, so we we cu- we talked about Benghazi, we talked about um, taxes, taxes, education, education, education. abortion, yeah. a little bit, yeah. a little bit about abortion. So we kind of want to hear your side um, and why a, another Clinton administration concerns you. Well, um, for one, it's it, her persistent issue in pressing war or aggravating relations with Russia. Okay. Um, most concerning is just how she consistently blames uh, Russia without any factual evidence of either hacking or relations with Trump or well, she doesn't. Do, yeah, um, she's a, a very accusational when it comes to his relations with Putin and Russia. When the FBI has investigated him uh, for issues, I guess um, trying trying to find him. Trying to find relations between okay. him and Russia, and they're not very—they're not coming up with anything conclusive. Okay. And so, so it's her relationship with Russia that you're most concerned with. Yeah. Mostly. Okay. Yeah. It means war, and I'm it very means war. much okay. that. Okay. And do you know who Paul Manafort is? I do not. Okay, well, um, since I'm glad that you brought up the Russia connection, let me inform you of who Paul Manafort was. He was the previous campaign manager for Donald Trump. And that was the one that preceded Kellyanne Conway, who is his current campaign manager. Anyways, back to... I do remember hearing something about this. I didn't dive too much into, like, why he fired him, but I do remember hearing something about this. Okay, well, Paul Manafort is currently being investigated for his ties to Russia more specifically Putin, and how he helped um, get this man in the Ukraine who was pro-Russian elected as their president. So the ties to Russia and the ties to the Donald Trump campaign actually do intertwine. Now, you also hear the words from Donald Trump himself, how he praises Putin and says that he is a great leader, that he is a better leader than Barack Obama. You also have that reinforced by Mike Pence, who is his vice presidential candidate, who also says that Putin is a good leader, who has been a better leader than Barack Obama has been to the United States. As far as Hillary's connections about blaming the Russians, you can see that through WikiLeaks. Okay, so there there is a connection between the Kremlin and WikiLeaks. Um, and then, Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. It's just um, from my understanding, like I, I I do some research. You do have uh, a better grasp on these concepts than I will admit. Um, but from what I'm hearing and understanding, what they're saying is, uh, some news sources are saying that it wasn't these information leaks aren't coming from Russia. They're coming from inside intelligence sources, and. 
that's uh, why she's not disclaiming these email links. She's trying to say they came from somewhere else, but she's not saying they're not real. And there's this whole confusion saying now they're stolen when these are coming, these are leaks coming from within the DMC themselves. Um, Julian Assange has hinted in that in interviews um, when there's, he's hinted at it. Um, he doesn't like to give away his sources, but if you go back and some interviews and I can send you guys some too, he's saying that these, um, in, these inside pieces of information are coming from within the DNC and um, just intelligence agencies within the government. And to go back on the whole admiration of Putin and stuff, I don't think he's necessarily wrong for admiring the characteristics and a good, strong leader. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You can go into, like, how he treats the citizens, like, you know, China with their humanitarian laws, which is someone that Hillary uh, and the Obama administration are very friendly with, China. Um, They have a lot of human rights issues, how they... Um, how they treat their citizens and how you can get killed and how they don't really have the same freedom of speech that uh, we do. Okay. And I'm, I'm very fearful that with her administration, she's going to start enforcing things that limit our speech, such as hate speech. They're going to consider everything hate speech. She's going to give them an allowance to... Wait, hold um, on. I, I just want to respond to that one. Did You you said that she's going to limit hate speech and we shouldn't I'm, limit hate speech? Was that the sorry, argument? Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, what I'm saying is, it's not... That people would say things that are hateful, and that's not. People say things that are hateful and things that are wrong. Okay. My fear is she's going to limit our freedom of speech by considering right. everything that's an oppositional view point. That's maybe not even necessarily hate speech. It's just an oppositional view. It will give them the power to then limit anything you have to say, whether it be over the Internet or anything you want to say. Word of mouth can be considered hate speech. That's a fear that's growing on college campuses today and facing you, our youth today. And do you have any facts or just accusations? Um, this can be considered an accusation just because, uh... Um, All right, so let's, yeah. let's, okay. let's yeah. ignore that then. Let's okay. move on. So, okay, Car- okay. Let's move so on. Carlos, we, we, we do have to move on, but I want you to make your final closing argument very quickly. Just let us, I mean, I, I want okay. you to be able to express your side. So real quickly, um, you know, let me hear your closing argument. Okay, uh, just on the, go, to go back to Russia and the war thing, okay. um... Obama administration, everybody pretends like they're amazing, but they're, he fired a lot of top generals that are against calling for a no-fly zone over Syria. This is not an accusation. You can look this up. They're calling for a no-fly zone over Syria, which is going to cause us to go to war with Russia because Russia is dropping um, bombs on ISIS and other radical extremist groups. And um, they're causing a no-fly zone, saying they will shoot down Russian planes, basically, that fly in that zone, which are doing that. But the problem is the Obama administration and Clinton have been linked and the FBI have been linked to funding um, radical extremist groups. They say it was to also fight other radical extremist groups by empowering one group, but now that group is in power and now they're causing the terror. And it's a growing fear. And it's also, to me, that's all intertwined. It's going to push to going to war with a nation that we do not need to go to war with. We don't need to go to war with anybody. Okay. I hear you. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for sharing your side. And Thank you guys. Um, and we're going to listen to this live. Yeah, so it'll be live on uh, iTunes and Stitcher for those that have like Androids or don't do uh, or that don't have an iPhone, or you can listen to the show at thenetworkstudios.com. Okay, sounds good. It was good talking, guys. Um, and I hope to. I look forward to listening to this soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Carlos. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye.
Okay. Is he gone? He's gone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That one was a little less um, prepared as the, the first call. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah. He, he was. Um, he had some fun. interesting stuff to say. You know, there's a great there's a great irony there. First of all, Donald Trump has documented ties to Russia that have nothing to do with Paul Manafort. I mean, his 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 kids are on record bragging yeah. about all of their business connections yeah. in Russia. So, like, I mean, uh, Donald Trump is like a, a poster yeah. child for pro. I mean, I can't. You know, and for him to for him to refer to Putin as a good leader, Putin's economy, the econ- the Russian economy is shit. From what I've heard, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time researching it, but it's it's not a vibrant economy. Yeah. The man is a dictator. He he yeah. kills. He has journalists killed. He, he kills political he, opponents. He kills political opponents. And Trump he likes annexes him. other. Like, exactly. Well, I mean, of course, Trump does. Trump wants to put his opponent in jail. That's right. what he keeps talking about. So it's the same you know, mental and, concept. And here's the thing: this what what this gentleman Carlos just said is you know that Russia is bombing ISIS. Russia has been bombing Syrian rebels who oppose uh, Assad. Assad in you know in in Syria, the leader Bashar al-Assad. So Russia has been an impediment in the uh, the fight against ISIS, as far as I can tell, and as far as I'm concerned. You know they yeah. they have been wanting to keep Bashar al-Assad in power. Um, you know, just just a couple of weeks ago, there was a humanitarian convoy that was, you know, blown up, and and it was pretty much Russia that did it. So it's, you know, Russia is Hillary is proposing a no fly zone over Syria because we have to find a way to create a safe space yeah, to correct. stop the the millions of yeah. refugees fleeing Syria because it's getting to be overwhelming for the rest right. of, you know, for Europe and places. And, you know, so you have to create a safe space for them. There would be negotiations with Russia that would happen. Right. It does not mean we're going to immediately go to war with them. It's called diplomacy. And Hillary actually has a really long track record of being excellent with diplomacy. And quite frankly, yeah. she has sat down and negotiated with, with Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. She has dealt with him face to face. You know, these everything that gentleman just said, is assumption. You're, you know, Ken, you're right. right. It's a, he was just making uh, accusations and assumptions. So that's frustrating because all of, again, all of the the facts don't point in those directions where he was right. wanting to go. So that's a little, uh, you know, disheartening for it, me. But. Yes, it's very disappointing that, again, you can't, it's like people that deny climate change. Right. Okay. So uh, facts do not matter. It's right. their opinion and what they're hearing from their news sources. But they're the same people that are like, these are the facts and you have to listen to me because it's backed by science and by facts. And it's like, mm, and th- yeah. but you, you selectively pick and choose the science and the facts that you want to pay attention yeah. to. Yeah. It's, you know, and the other uh, thing is, mess. the other thing yeah. that, that he said, and we, we do have to wrap up, but yeah. I, you know, I want to make mention of this. He's talking about Hillary limiting speech. I got news for you. The Democratic Party does not have a history of doing that. They have a history right? of preserving civil liberties. They have a history of preserving yeah. everybody's rights. Right. The First Amendment, the Second Amendment. I'm a gun owner. I'm not worried about Hillary taking away my gun rights. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I I so so the things that he were saying that he was saying literally just fly in the face of democratic protocol. Right. And the um you know the 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 foundations upon which this party 
you know, has has evolved into. Because back in the beginning of this country, it's true, the parties have the parties swap flipped. Like they started out, and Republicans were the more liberal party, and Democrats were the more conservatives. And then we eventually we flip flopped, and now Democrats are more liberal, Republicans are more conservative. We are the party that preserves civil liberties. We fight for gay rights. We fight for women's rights. We are always batting down the GOP who wants to take away rights. So I just don't feel like anything that was said really jives with my my 43 years of experience. I agree, and I was really hoping to get some... You know, educated or not educated. I mean, educated points. But I mean, I, mean, I really wanted to have an open. Both discussion. of those young men definitely have. A, they have their opinions, right. and they've clearly mm-hmm. done some Very reading. Very passionate. Yeah, and they've done some reading, but they've just skimmed the yeah. information. Yeah. They've been clicking on headlines, and they don't review the details. And yeah. that's right. where the problem. I don't is. feel like they're doing like actual fact checking. Right. I feel like you know. I feel like I would. My my immediate question is, where are you getting your information right. from? That would be what I would like to know. Okay, where so are you yeah. getting? So. And now I want to close out the show with. So if people aren't happy with the election, let's say Hillary wins, or let's say Trump wins, and they're not happy either, or what can we do to continue to fight hmm. for your for the issues that matter most to you? Well, I think that this election has everything on the line so it's not simply of what are we going to do i think that if trump wins that the country will go into a very very dark place which the economists are freaking out the economists will freak out they are already the education out. <laughs> system will crumble you're not going to be able to do anything about climate change you're going to have supreme court justices in there that are going to fight against women's rights and that is not the country yeah. that we need to be. If you feel that way and you don't want women to have abortion, then move to a country where that's not acceptable. Yeah. And we we have a separation of church and state in this country. For a reason. Yeah. And and so that's not even an argument. That's not even an argument. You are welcome to believe whatever you believe for your own body. Yeah. But you do not have the right to tell me what I can do with my body. I don't give a goddamn what you think and who you believe in. It's your body. You do what you want. It's my body. I do what I want. And the law protects that. You know, and so, you know, we have to, I mean, a perfect example of this is Tim, is uh, Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine is pro-life. Yeah. But he has always fought for and preserved a woman's right to choose because that's, What's right? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. I don't know if I, I don't necessarily know how I feel about abortion, but I do know that I believe we have the right we do. to choose what happens with our body. Yeah, and I would. I've. I've. I never would had, hate thank to God, take I've that never right away from somebody. Yeah, it's it's absurd. Whether it, I agree with it yeah, or not, it's absurd. And the other thing that's absurd is that, you know, for the GOP to live in a place where they they are they are so pro life. But they still support the death penalty? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That doesn't work out. Yeah. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Thank you, so, Ken. Thank, oh, thanks, guys. Thank Ken, you, you, are Rena. an awesome resource. Thank you. I'm so glad yeah, I'm that so you happy were here. you were here. Thank you, Rena. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Ethan. Thank you, everybody. We heard both sides. We had an open conversation. Nobody yelled at each other. Nobody walked out of studio. Hey, Nobody civil. held the phone. <laughs> it was civil. It was civil. We have to do more of that in this and country. And I think... And this is proof that millennials can come together and have an open political conversation about politics. 
I'm not a millennial. I'm a gen, I'm a Gen Xer, but you know it, it is. We can all talk with and different age different groups, generations, can, generations, and different age and groups right. can come together, and we that's can right. all treat this in a very civil manner. So thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Thank you so much, Ken. Where can people follow you? Is there California social- for Hillary on Twitter? California yeah. for Hillary. All right, there you go. Thank you guys for going out there. Thank you guys for voting. Thank you guys for. Tuning in to hashtag no filter. For those of you on Facebook Live right now, you can download this episode on iTunes, hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. You can download it on Stitcher or you can listen to it at the networkstudios.com. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to follow me at Just Plain Zach across all social media platforms. And Rena, what's your handle? Uh, RM Villano, R M V I L L A N O. Thank you. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.